Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 14 through 26. Thank you, Angelique. And it says this, and David stayed. I'm okay with you playing the whole time. Go ahead and go. Let's go for it. And David stayed in the strongholds. It's up to you. In the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness. Everybody say the wilderness. He remained in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul, which is King Saul, who's currently reigning as king, sought him every day. He was not seeking David to shake his hand. He was seeking David to kill him. But watch this. I love this. But God, everybody say, but God. I love when it says, but God in the scriptures. But God did not deliver David into Saul's hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in the forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And Jonathan said to him, do not fear for the Saul, or excuse me, for the hand of my father Saul shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. And so the two of them made a covenant before the Lord and David stayed in the woods and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Geba, saying, is David not hiding with us in the stronghold? So they're telling on David. In the woods, in the hill of Hachila, I probably butchered that, which is on the south of Jeshimon. Now therefore, O king, come down according to the desire of your soul to come down and our part shall be to deliver David into the king's hand. And Saul said, blessed are you of the Lord, for you have had compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is. I'm almost done, guys. And who has seen him there? For I am told he is very crafty. Therefore, take knowledge of all the lurking places where David hides and come back to me with certainty. And I will go with you, and it shall be, if he's in the land, I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah, so that he arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Moan, in the plain of the south of Jeshimon. When Saul Saul and his men went to seek David, they told David, therefore he went down to the rock. Everybody say the rock. It's always safe to go to the rock. Go to the rock and stay in the wilderness of Moan. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Moan. Then Saul went on the other side of the mountain and David and his men to the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. You know, it's one thing for one thing to be going wrong in your life, and it's a whole nother thing when there's various things are going on in your life. Whether it's your job, 
then it's a spouse, and then it's health, and then it's friendships being broken, like everything all at one time. When it rains, it pours. David was finding himself in that very place where everything that could go wrong, it went wrong. I'm going to read another scripture to you. It's, it's short. It's just one verse. I just wanted to give you some context of what David was experiencing in his life. And I have a feeling that there's somebody or somebodies in this room that are experiencing something similar. You may not be hiding in a wilderness. You may not be hiding out in a cave for fear of your life, but maybe you're hiding out in certain areas of your life from the attacks and the pressures that are coming from your life. Amen. Listen what David says. Excuse me. It's actually not David, although this particular scripture is not David. Uh, scholars actually believe it to be Moses who coined it. But David took this portion of scripture and still put it in his Psalms. Okay. And here's what he says. In the midst of hiding in caves, in the midst of being sought at by another sought after by another king to kill him. In the midst of all of Jerusalem, the people that he would one day rule over as king, because David was called to be king, all, everybody was after David. And here's what he says. In the midst of all this chaos and all this trouble, hiding in the cleft of a rock, fearing for his life, in Psalms 91, I don't know if you can put it up on the screen, in the New King James Version, it says this, he who dwells in the secret place Everybody say secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Here's what David is saying is, in spite of everything going wrong in my life, there's still a possibility of you to find a safe haven in God. In spite of everything coming against me, in spite of job loss, in spite of depression, in spite of chaos, in spite of COVID-19, in spite of the world falling apart, in spite of the world wringing their hands and not knowing what to do, there's still a place that you can find when all of your enemies are after you, your life is falling apart, the ground is shifting beneath your seat and beneath your feet. David says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And here's what that said to me. Physically, David was in a cave. Spiritually, he was in a secret hiding place. You can have everything going wrong in your life, and I know it's hard to believe, but you can still find the secret place. Do you know why we worship the way that we do on Sunday morning? You know why we try to push and go further into God's presence? It's not because we're happy-go-lucky when we get here and all of everything is going right in our lives. It's not like we're tiptoeing through the tulips to church. It's not like our bank accounts are full. It's not that our spouses are in perfect tack and, and you know, you know what I mean. It doesn't mean everything is going right. But here's what I've learned in my relationship with God over the years that in spite of everything that I came to church with, it can't go. If I decide to, to push through worship, 
If I decide to get in his presence, God allows me there, but he doesn't allow my problems there. That's worth giving a hand clap. There's only so many things that can go into the Holy of Holies with you. What do I mean by the Holy of Holies? I'm talking about the secret place. There's certain things that can't go there. So God allows you permission to come in, but he doesn't allow the problems. And slowly as you engage in worship and fix your mind on God, all the troubles of this world melt away. And this is why his presence is critical. This is why pursuing him outside of just a church service is critical. We have to pursue God and find the secret place. And that's why I want to entitle this message this morning called The Secret Place. Everybody say The Secret Place. Did you know that God's original intention was not to put kings and prophets in place? I'm going to mess with your theology just a little bit this morning. Is that okay? As you study the Word of God, you look through the Old Testament. What, so you, you had Moses who was afraid to look at God. I mean, you would die if you looked. We would die in God. I mean, that's how powerful God, God's presence is power. Do you remember when even God said to him, listen, you can't see all of me, but I can show you the backside of me. Because if I showed you and revealed all of me to you at one time, simultaneously, you would die in my presence. And so here's what happened. That the children of Israel, they knew that. And so what they asked God for was prophets to come to them on God's behalf. Is everybody following me this morning? Okay, the difference between a prophet and a priest, I'm gonna give you a little theological lesson. A priest is someone who goes to God on the behalf of people. And they would slay the lamb and make a sacrifice for atonement so that sins would be forgiven every year. That's what they did. But a prophet went to the people on the behalf of God. So the priest, to simplify it, goes to God on the behalf of the people. But the prophets go to the people on the behalf of God to speak for God. Does that make sense to everybody? But you know, that wasn't God's original intention. This was God's last resort because the people said, listen, we are afraid of God. We want a mediator to come to us on the behalf of God because they were afraid of the fire. They were afraid of seeing God face to face. Now, what do I mean? And what does all that, what does all that mean? is originally God wanted us all to find a secret place. Can I tell you this? This might be a little controversial, make you squirm in your seat a little bit. It actually makes me sweat saying it because I want you to come back. It wasn't, pastors were not God's original intention. God wanted a direct relationship with you. Yes, you should come to church. Yes, you should fellowship. But that's not where the buck stopped. Yes, you should trust your pastor. Yes, you should understand and trust his leadership. And yes, you should get fed. But here's what I'm saying. There is a level in God where he wants to feed you like no man can, like no woman can. He wants direct fellowship with you. And then we come together on Sunday morning and celebrate what God had already did Monday through Saturday. Come on church to say amen to that. We should come together as celebration. It shouldn't be dependent on the pastor or the minister. We should already have this secret place going on. And then we come to the public gathering and we praise God for how good he is in our secret place. The secret place. Everybody say the secret place. A secret place is where we dwell. 
You know what that word dwell means? It means to, to remain there. It means to remain. I'm curious today. Where do you run when your life gets difficult? Where do you turn when it seems like there's no hope? Where do you hide when all hell breaks loose and you have trouble everywhere? You know, people try to fight their way out of their problems. And some people see no point in pursuing God. But I want you to hear this morning these five promises that I want to suggest to you that are given by God to us and to to that person who pursues to develop that secret place in God. Can I give you one of them? The first one is he promises peace. Everybody say peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3, New King James Version says this, and you will keep him or her. Look at someone and say, that means you. Yeah, he will keep him or her in perfect peace. But there is an, a little asterisk there, not really. But there's, there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There is a, um, there's something hinged on that promise. Whoever's mind is stayed on you. You will keep him in perfect peace. Everybody say peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. One way to hide in the secret place, especially now where the nation's at, is to intentionally fix your mind on God. You can't be at peace if you spend more time on Facebook than you do with God. You can't, you can't, be, you can't be at peace. Somebody say, you can't be at peace. You can't be at peace if you watch Fox 35, or what is it these days? I don't even watch it. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. It's not that watching those things are wrong, but if what you feed your body depends on how much you grow, what you feed your spirit will determine if you have peace or not. And, and so I'm not saying that you should be aware of what's going on. You should be informed in measures based on what's going on. But if that's all you're feeding yourself throughout the day is negativity, Antifa, come on. Everything that's, the wars, the rumors of wars, everything that's going on, if you continually pump yourself full of that stuff, you're always gonna be fearful. You're always going to feel this this anxiety. Why? Because it's the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age will get to you and keep you from finding peace in God. Because guess what God's word says? Perfect peace cast out what? Excuse me, perfect love cast out all fear. Some fear? All fear. But if you're pumping yourself with the word of God, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In other words, if I hear the word of God more than I hear from Fox, I'm going to be full of faith. I'm going to be full of peace. I'm going to find myself in this secret place in the midst of no matter what's going on, I can still find this secret place if I feed on God's faithfulness and feed on his word. So one way that you can hide in the secret place is by intentionally fixing your mind on God, on the things of God. While you're at work, 
Come on. Why the kids are on Zoom meetings with school. Come on, somebody say amen to that. I'm trying to make it practical for you. While you're going through things with your spouse, while you're in a cubicle, while you're driving on the road, you can intentionally fix your mind on God. How do you do that? Listen, let me tell you something. We are not naturally built to think positively. We live in a fallen world. All throughout the day, 99% of the stuff that tries to pass through my mind is garbage. But guess what Donnie Smith decides to do? Reject those things. It's like I have a trash can in my mind. Nope, not that thought. I'm not biting into that. I'm not feeding into that. I'm not going to be so afraid of COVID that I lock myself in my house. Wisdom would be just put on a mask if you're going to go on the store. But I refuse to be bound by the spirit of the age, which is fear. Come on, y'all ain't son. Y'all are looking like I'm dressed in a pink dress. Come on, we cannot allow the spirit of fear to bind us. We have to, as children of God, Christians are known by their peace and they're known by their love. How are we going to preach hope to people if we're afraid? Oh, just look straight ahead. And people right now are in a desperate search for that. Authenticity, authenticity. How do I say that? Authentic Christians who are full of the love of God, full of the power of the cross. Come on. Full of peace, full of joy. But we cannot exude those things and be examples to the world if we don't have a secret place. And you know what I love about the secret place? Is it's no secret on how to get it. There's no secret. It's available for all of us. Look at somebody and say, it's available for you. People are in a desperate search for that. And people say that we're greedy for money, desperate for love, thirsty for attention. But you know what the truth is? We are in pursuit of peace. Anybody need peace this morning? Come on, does this resonate with anybody? Does somebody need peace in certain areas of their lives where they're not feeling like you're actually, come on, I've gone through seasons of my life where I've loved God but haven't trusted Him much. Look at, no, I'm not going to say, look and say that. I was going to say, look at somebody and say, you know he's talking to you. (laughs) It's important that we fix our mind on the Lord so that we find peace. And you know what the greatest thief of peace is? It's thinking and believing the lie that things will ultimately give you peace. Because things won't. There's only one who can, and his name is Jesus. There's only one. Just ask Solomon, King Solomon. The Bible says he was the wisest man in the world. He had all the money in the world. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. You know what I never got? How was he rich and had all those wives? I have one, and she takes all my money. He had 700 wives. He had 300 concubines. All the money in the world. And still he says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And indeed, all this is vanity and grasping for the wind. In other words, I've got all those things, but I don't have peace. I've realized that things don't satisfy me ultimately. And there, just ask the woman at the well. She thought having a husband would satisfy her. And yet she'd been married five times and it was still as empty as the day she had a husband. 
things and people ultimately don't satisfy. You can have all those things as accruedments, and yes, God honors those things. Yes, God wants to bless you with them, but they will not ultimately leave you satisfied and filled with peace and joy. Only the Lord can do that. Listen what it says in the scriptures. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. In other words, it's not doing things or attaining things, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meaning peace is not obtained externally. It's obtained internally. It's an internal thing. And I think Jesus mastered this. I was talking to the worship team in the back and some of the leaders in the back as we were meeting in the green room. I don't know why they call them green rooms. I just say that's church language. It's actually gray. We were meeting back there and I brought up this scripture. And and, and as you read Jesus's life, there's this underlying pattern that he had. And it would always be after he ministered to people. He would feed the multitudes or he'd lay hands on the sick, raise the dead. And it says he would withdraw often. It says it in Luke chapter five for your reference. If I see you writing it down, which I very much appreciate that. If you come to the house of the Lord, it's always wise to write things down. The enemy always tries to take things out. So if you get a nugget, you know, write it down and chew on it. But here's what it says in Luke chapter five for your reference, verse 15 and 16. And the report went around him concerning him, meaning Jesus, all the more as he was healing people, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him by their infirmities. And so he himself often withdrew. He often withdrew. What is that? How do I interpret that? He often went to the secret place. He often spent time alone with God. And Jesus had the revelation that he would not obtain peace by fulfilling the demand that people put on his life, that a spouse puts on your life, that your job puts on your life, that your circumstances extract from you. Come on, somebody say amen. He could only receive peace by spending time with the Father. He can only receive strength by spending time with him. People think that they can ultimately achieve peace by getting their checklist done. Can I tell you this? It only gives them temporary relief, not sustaining peace. I've had checklists. I have it every day. I own a company. I you know, help with the church, all that good stuff. And I think that checklist is just, oh, that'll give me peace. All, all the while, just the checklist never stopped coming. And they, just checking your list, does not give you ultimate peace. Second reason, I'm going to try to get through this. Are you okay over there? Number two promise. God offers protection in the secret place. Do you know why some people go through things and some people don't? Well, some people go through challenges that God allows to grow them. That's rightfully so. But I think that there are some challenges we can't avoid if we decide to get into the secret place. David avoided problems. He had trouble everywhere around him, but he found this secret place because there is a certain type of protection that God will offer the person who finds that secret place. This scripture uh, in Proverbs says this in, in Proverbs 18 verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Look at somebody and say, run to the strong tower. Look at somebody else and say, run to the strong tower. You know, the scripture reminds me of a picture that I have hanging up right outside of my kitchen. My son, Cohen, he's eight now, but I remember when he was a little boy, he was about two and three years old, and he would point up at this picture, and he would say, that's you, daddy. That's you, daddy. And in this picture, it's, it's a beautiful 
lighthouse in the middle of the ocean. But the problem is, is there's a huge wave crashing against it. I mean, vigorously. And there's a gentleman who's just leaning up against the doorpost, unmoved and unscathed by what's going on around him. When you find the secret place, everything can be going wrong. All the while, your friends and your family are wringing their hands, telling you about what's on the news, telling you about their seven aches and pains, and there's nothing wrong with them telling you that, telling you about all the trouble that's around them. All the while, you're in the secret place, leaning up against the door. It's not that things aren't going wrong, but it matters what's going right. And as long as you and your relationship with God is going right and you're in the secret place, everything can be falling apart. I heard it said one time that your life can fall apart all it wants to, but as long as your Bible, excuse me, here's what it says, I coin. If your Bible is falling apart, your life probably isn't. Looking for him, finding him. God, what are you saying to me? Going into your prayer closet in, on your knees, seeking God's face while you're driving on the road and the kids are screaming in the back. I just turn the radio over and I just start worshiping. It doesn't feel like a secret place, but that's pursuing the secret place and God will even honor that. Come on, all the parents should say amen and help me out here. You don't know, your kids don't cry in the car when you're driving and trying to worship and focus on the Lord. And that picture also reminds me of what David was experiencing. Can I tell you the history of what was going on in the context of what I read earlier? David was hiding in the caves. Now, you have to understand the context of this. Because when David was a little boy, he was anointed by a prophet named Saul. Remember, this prophet said, I'm going to anoint the next king of Israel. And he called all David's brothers and they went through the line and, and, and the prophet didn't feel it was any of them. And he said, do you have any other sons? And they were like, there's one more. He's out tending the sheep. David, trust me, he's not going to be a king. He's not, he doesn't fit the bill. Trust me, he's kind of small, skinny. He takes care of our sheep. He's not the one. Prophet Samuel says, go get him. As soon as he's seen David, he said, behold, that's the next king of Israel. David, excuse me, Saul takes this flask of oil and pours it on David's head, anoints him king. So all these years later, imagine David's thinking, not to mention that during this time that David is hiding in these caves, Samuel, the prophet, who because back then, prophets were the ones who put kings in their place. Does everybody know that? It wasn't cops. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't the rulers, prophets. They were the law. Samuel dies. David's guy who put him in place to be king dies. Saul, the king, doesn't want to give David his place. Saul is after him trying to kill David. Not to mention that even during these times, what else is going on? David has 600 men. 600 men who they call the mighty men of war, but these guys are untrained men, but they're warriors. And, and so what happens is David joins forces because he's rejected by his own people. He's rejected by the king. David goes and joins forces with the Philistines. Now, if you don't know who the Philistines were, this was the army of whom David killed their giant. David joins forces with his enemies. I mean, think how low do you have to be in your life to go join forces with your enemies? And here's what happens. The Philistine army, 
They said, okay, you can fight with us, David. But before battle, they changed their mind on David. They say, David's crafty. David might turn on us. So you know what they did? While David's out trying, you know, going to do something with his army, the Philistine army turns their back on David and goes and snatches all of the kids, all of the wives, burns David's city down or his little, you know, his encampment, takes all the children. So David's life is in shambles. His wife is gone. His kids are gone. Not to mention, now his army, David's own army, the 600 men who were in the caves with him, are about to turn on David. As a matter of fact, there's whispers of it saying, this is all your fault, David. We're going to kill you. So the kings after David, David's wives, wives, plural, Old Testament, were gone. Kids were gone. Now his own army is about to turn on him. But guess what? David still found the secret to the secret place, in spite of everything that could go wrong is going wrong, David still found the secret place in God. And this tells me it's not where you are at physically that matters. It's where you're at spiritually. It's where your heart's at. It's where your mind's at that determines whether or not you have peace or not. In the midst of all all of that, David still is protected by the hand of God. I would rather be in the middle of God's will with chaos all around me than to be out of his will and everything going right because the safest place, the place where you're going to find divine protection is in the middle of God's will. Look at somebody and say, I want to be there. I grew up in Pine Hills. I'm not necessarily proud of that. Some people get mad at me and they start shaking their head. They're like, that's where I'm from. Oh, hallelujah. Just two weeks ago, one of my other friends died. He's about 30 years old. Most of them are dead or in prison. And um, great people, just poor decisions. And I always wondered, I remember getting hit by a car. It was going about 40 or 50 miles an hour. I think I've shared that with you, some of you, before. I was in a motorcycle accident. I hit a tree at about 60 miles an hour. And, and many other different things that happened throughout my life. And I just thought to myself, you know, I look, at, I look at their lives and what they've gone through and I've seen their lives being taken. I'm like, Lord, why? Do you ever ask those questions to God? Like, why? Why them and, and not me? It's because one thing I found that sets me apart from them is not that I'm better than them because they could have found it too. It's because I found protection because I found the secret place. The secret place. All of that going on around David, his own men and externally, you got a king after him and and David is protected. Why? Because he's in the secret place. Look at somebody and say, find the secret place. I'm going to hurry up through this. I'm going to skip through some of this. The third promise is the promise of provision in the secret place. That's a promise. That God will provide for you. Think about it. David hid from Saul for years in caves, living below, talking about living below his means. Y'all don't remember um, butter and sugar and cinnamon sandwiches? I hear a yes. Y'all don't remember Kool-Aid flips? Come on, I can, I, can, I can rehearse by flavor and color. If I see the color of a ramen noodle, I know what it is. Blue is original. or Is that the original? Red is beef. Pink 
is shrimp. Come on. Yellow is chicken. Come on. Y'all don't know what the Roman noodle colors are? What I'm trying to say is, is that God sustained David while he was hiding in the cliffs of rocks for years while he was on his own with his mighty men. Because when you're in the middle of God's will, when you're in his secret place, God promises provisions. Where is that in the Bible, preacher? Listen what Psalm says, and David writes this in the New King James Version. Watch what he says here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate day and night. Now watch this. This is my favorite verse. He... Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. You or he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Now watch this. Whose leaf also shall not wither. In other words, it doesn't matter if COVID's going on. When you're in the middle of God's will, when you're in the secret place, he will provide. Whose leaf will not wither and whatever he or she does shall prosper. In other words, when you're hidden hidden in the secret place, God will provide for you no matter what. And notice what David is saying. He's planted. He's planted by who? The rivers of living water. What does God represent in the river? I mean, excuse me, in the Bible. Rivers. Water. He's God's, God is his supply. And so what's tell, what, what is that telling me? Is that your proximity to God is di- directly related or hinged on your ability to remain in the secret place. Come on, somebody say amen. In other words, no matter if the, the, the Bible says that his, his leaves will not wither. In other words, the sun is scorching. The seasons aren't good at my, you know, at my, at my company where I'm working. It, it, the Bible's saying it doesn't matter what's going on in around you on around you. God can so preserve you and hide you and he can still supply for you. Come on. He can supply for you like God used the raven to supply for Elijah. Come on. God can supply. He can multiply five loaves and two fish. Come on. He can multiply the oodles and noodles. Come on. He can keep the lights on a little bit longer. The, The Bible says that the children of Israel's shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out when they were 40 days in the wilderness. Come on. I'm okay with things wearing out, but I'm just saying there's a difference between a child of God who's planted by the waters than just some regular person who just doesn't trust God, doesn't love God, who's living unrighteously. Come on, there's a certain provision that God gives to the child of God who gets near God and says, listen, I love you. I trust you. You shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen to that. When you are in the middle of God's will, he will provide for you. It may not be what you need, when, but he will give you what you need and when you need it. I'm talking about provision. Number four, and I'm closing in a moment. Psalms 27, verse four, says this. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek. There's that word dwell that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and and to inquire in his temple. You may not have thought this was a promise, but when you find the secret place, there is a promise that he will not allow you to lose your passion for him. Everybody say passion. I'm going to read it in the 
Passion's translation. It says this, here's one thing I crave from God. One thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him and every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. The secret place. Listen, the closer you get to God, the more the desires of this world fall away. The more pleasures for this and that, a car, a house, things, accruedments, the more you get close to him, the more you're in the secret place, your desires change. Can I tell you something? I was a heathen. I was, I was, and when I found, when I got saved, I didn't realize how far God wanted to take me in my relationship with him. But the more I spent time with him, like, it's like you ever get saved, but you still want a lot of other things. Like, I know, you know, you know, you're saved, but you still, you know, you, you want a, a wife or a, a husband and you want a car, you want all these things. It's not bad to have those things, but there's, there's other pursuits that you still desire above him. Like if we're being honest, like I, I love you, Lord, and I want to be in heaven with you. I don't want to go to hell, but I still love things more. And then I began to spend time with him and read the word. I was just trying to get disciplined. But it was like he, he began to, as I spent time with him in the secret place, he began to, to draw me closer than I ever wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, this, this passion for him, this desire, and this is what David's saying. It's like this one thing. He's not saying these 10 things. He's saying this one thing I've desired of the Lord and that I will do to, be, to seek him and to be in his holy temple forever. In other words, he's saying there's nothing I want more than God. Because when you're in the secret place, and I'll tell you what, just the closer you get, the more hungry for him you get. And I remember as a young believer, people telling me, you know, you're on fire, but you just give it like a couple years and your fire is going to, you're going to simmer. That's what they would tell me. Seasoned people. They were hermeneutically philosophical and sophisticated. They wore suits and ties to church. They had no fire. They were still God's frozen chosen, but nonetheless, they just had no fire. Here I am almost 20 years later, still hungry, still passionate, still thriving, still pressing. Are you still pressing? Can I tell you, when you stay in the secret place, you will never lose your passion. Your passion will never mature. It will grow more and more and more. You know why? Because the secret place feeds your passion for God like logs feed a campfire. The more you stay close to God, the more you stay disciplined and find the secret place, even when you don't feel it. I mean, who wants to go chop, chop a piece of old dead wood to put on the fire at a camp? I mean, it's not like somebody wants to keep getting, but, but knowing that it will keep the fire going. When you, when, you, when, you, when you want fire, it takes you doing something, and that's going to the secret place. If you are wondering where your passion has gone, I have a question I want to pose from you. Where is the secret place in your life? 
What do you hold most dear to you? How much time are you actually giving to God? Is it just on a Sunday morning drive-by? Or is it Monday through Sunday? I find a time to love on him. It doesn't matter if it's two minutes in the morning or even in the evening. Find a time to dwell in the secret place because the more time you spend with him, the more of his character jumps off on you. The more of his passion jumps off on you. The more you hear his voice, the more you receive direction for the life that he's called you to live, the more desire you have to pursue the things of God. The less things have a hold of you, the less ungodly desires have a hold of you. The more you spend time with him, the more on fire for God you get but it's only found in the secret place. And lastly, as I close, you can stand to your feet. Can I tell you the one reason why I stay hungry? And you've heard me say that when I've come up here and I've exhorted and I've prayed. But in the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, the very end, it gives this description of something that's happening in heaven. And it says that there are cherubims and there are seraphim. They're angels. They're a type of angels. There's different angels in heaven that have different descriptions. But it it says they circle around the throne of God. I feel the Holy Spirit. And as they circle around the throne of God, they look at God and they circle again. And and here's what they say. They don't say anything else. It sounds really boring, but you have to catch the revelation. When they come around to see him once again and they surround the throne of God, they cry out, holy, holy, holy. Why do they keep saying that over again? Because he's so big. He's so awesome. They're discovering a different side of God each time they circle. They come around, oh, and that's what he does in your relationship with him. If you embrace it, one season you'll you'll, you'll see him as a healer. In another season, you find him, he's your provider. In one season of loneliness, you find him that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a family member. And then the next season, when you're going through lots of trouble, you find out he's a bridge over troubled waters. In the next season, when you're going through intense warfare, you find out that he's your shield and your battle axe. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. In other words, all you're doing is like the angels are doing in heaven. You're discovering a different side of God. That's why he's holy, holy, holy. Your passion should never die in God because you should always be discovering a different side of himself. And can I tell you, friend, it takes a lifetime to discover the fullness of who God is lifetime the fifth promise and I close when you find the secret place you find his power somebody say power here's what was staggering to me as I read that scripture about David hiding in the caves of Ziph he's running He's in Moan. He's running from King Saul. He's running from, I mean, all of these mighty warriors. His life was falling apart. Samuel, the prophet, died. His wives are gone. His kids are gone. His own men are turning against him. And yet David still found victory. 
Can I tell you, it couldn't have been because of his mighty men. They turned against him. It wasn't his own ability. Can I tell you, I believe that God gave him supernatural power because he knew the mastery in the art of remaining in the secret place. If you feel weak today, if you feel like you're facing a mountain that you can't climb, if you are facing a difficulty that you don't understand, can I encourage you? Can I emphatically encourage you? Find the secret place. And his power, his Holy Spirit begins to envelop you. And he, and I believe this, that it is that power in the secret place that David found that gained him ultimate victory that would ultimately put him on the throne that he was promised. Can I tell you whatever power you need in your situation right now, whatever provision, whatever passion, whatever it is that you need, you think it's going to be found out there. You think it's going to be found in a friend. You think it's going to be found in money. You think it's going to be found if your situation changes. But can I tell you, it's only going to be found in the secret place. Yes. If you don't let him into your secret place, you'll never get into his. There's a secret place. But when we open up and we say, God, I'm hurting. I don't, I don't, I want to trust you, but I don't. I got, I have these areas of my life. I feel unworthy to get into the secret place. Anybody ever felt unworthy? But Jesus died so that you can find the secret place. His precious blood, no matter what you've done this morning, no matter what you have, have fallen into, no matter what mistakes you've made, the precious blood of Jesus, the Bible says, that atonement is enough for you to get in. When God looks at you, he sees his son because he sees his blood. The secret place is available to all of us. The key to your victory this morning is intimacy in the secret place. Open your heart this morning. Somebody close your eyes and lift your hand out of respect for his presence. The key to victory is intimacy. Into me, you see. But you can't go into his secret place until you let him into yours. And here's the beautiful thing. His presence is available right now. You don't have to wait for a Sunday morning to feel it. You can spend time with him when you leave church, when you're driving in your car, when you put the kids to bed at night. You can spend time with him at work. You can find the secret place, little sweet spots throughout the day. The key reason for the secret place as I close, the key reason for it is that nothing else can come in with you. It's just you and the Lord. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray I stretch my hands every person in this place, Lord, I pray that they would indeed find the secret place with you.
they would find that your sweet presence is ultimately the, all that they need. Lord, we know if we have you, we have everything. Let us see our innate need, our desperate need for more of you, to spend time with you. somebody in here who's talked about a relationship with God for years. Maybe you've had it. Maybe you've lost it. Maybe, maybe you've never had it and you just want it and you desire it. I see, it's like I see Jesus knocking on your heart's door this morning. And, he, and he's saying to you this morning, I see all your needs. I hear all your prayers. You think I'm not answering. You think I'm just ignoring you, but, but the answer is in the secret place where you just come in. Come into the secret place. Once, once we get that area down, it, my word says if you seek me above all, everything else will be added. Everything else will fall into place. Seek me in the secret place. I am waiting for you. I'm hungry for a relationship with you. I'm not hungry for you to come to church. I'm not hungry for you to read a portion of scripture. I'm hungry to spend time with you. All those things are good, but I want more of you. You want more of me and you want what's in my hand, but if you seek my heart above all things, I'll give you what's in my hand. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACC. FL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.